from the Pictures Out There studios. Welcome to the Pictures Out There podcast series with Dave Fogelman and Lee Stewart. Pictures Out There ties the future to the present and is a new approach for vision and action toward a better future. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Hi, this is Dave. And this is Lee. Welcome back to the Pictures Out There podcast series. Nice to have you with us again today. So in previous podcasts, we have talked about an idea or an ideal called common uniqueness, or we're the same and we're unique simultaneously. Well, here's a second ideal that we'd like to recommend for your consideration. It's a great second ideal for our pictures, and we would hope it's also a great ideal for your pictures. We call it simply help. <laughs> in the preceding the, we, podcast, you can almost hear, hear the, Beatles. the Beatles. Yeah, in the help. back. Help. And for those of you who are younger than 60, you're going, <laughs> who are the Beatles and what was help? In the preceding podcasts, we picked a few topics to paint a picture. The topics we can pick for pictures, of course, are limitless, as we've explained numerous times before. With any picture painting, the ideals, which are the guiding principles of that drawing, if you will, are critical. Mm -hmm. They are the primary engine for designing the picture. They're the lifeblood, they're the emotion, and they're the perseverance that allows us to turn those pictures into realities. Are there some ideals that can inform our ideals and help make all of our pictures real? Yeah, I think there are. And, and this, again, is going to be what Lee and I are putting forward with the three ideals that we will ultimately talk about. The second one, help, is just around the simple concept of helping, helping others and being helped. It's a simple consideration and value of other people and other inhabitants on Earth and the planet itself. We can't really fully assess, in our minds, the impact of the helpful things that we do for other people just by considering the ripple effects that are visible to us. Mm -hmm. Those ripple effects are, are pretty powerful in and of themselves, but then there's all the invisible ripples. Our good and selfless acts of help typically have ripple effects that we can't see. They're broad in impact and effect, and they are well beyond... Um, our very limited human comprehension. We just have to trust that if we do those things, that the world is going to be a much better place and we'll move it closer to what we think is the paradise that it can be. And Lee, I think uh, you know, it's it occurred to me a lot recently, and as we've talked through this notion of help, that uh, you know we we live on in other people, and other people live on in us. I was uh, purchased a cup of coffee yesterday, and. Uh, given the the pandemic situation that we're living in and frontline workers, I gave as much back in a tip to the woman that gave me the cup of coffee as I had paid for it. And she kind of stopped and said, thank you. And it occurred to me in that moment that in some way I am now living on in this other person. I have, maybe it's a nanosecond, you know, mm -hmm. of, of action on my part, but in some fashion I'm living on in another human being. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I started thinking about my eighth grade English teacher who has since passed, who's been such a huge influence on my life. Mm -hmm. And she is very much alive today through me and the influence that she had on me. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great story about the cup of coffee. We use a phrase, I use a phrase called, oh, wasn't that a lovely moment of kindness, perhaps that someone did for me or I did for another. Well, if you examine that phrase, that moment probably has an eternal component to it. Right. It does indeed continue to live on. You referenced your eighth grade teacher. I've been privileged in my career. I've been in leadership positions and I've had numerous team members, numerous people on staff. And I had long since even forgotten a woman who'd worked for me years before. And she sent me a note out of the blue one day and just said, that thing you said that one day, 17 ah. years ago, still resonates with wow. me. Of course, I'd forgotten the incident entirely. Right. But that's just a girl. And we all have those stories. It's not unique to me. We all have those stories of the power of something that we say or do for another in a moment and how long that can be lasting. So help really becomes a conduit for us forever becoming a part of each other's lives. When we help someone, we really forever live in them and in their lives. And when others help us, they forever live in us and our lives. And I think we all, we all feel that. So we often hesitate or maybe we're a little reluctant to act on the problems of other people because, you know, it's not happening in our house. It's not really part of my deal, but that's kind of thinking about that's in our own limited community. Of course, those problems are happening in our house. If it's happening to our neighbor, it's happening to us in our human house, in our global house. Or because it's not happening to our family, well, of course it's happening to our family again because we're all members of the same human family. So there's a real error, I would say, in our thinking about, well, that's happening to them, not to us. Well, indeed, what happens to them does happen to us if we consider ourselves all part of the same human family. We will, uh, for all good reasons, and it's the right thing to do, how forgiving, how much leeway we give extended family members or longtime friends, you know, yeah, they're, they're difficult to deal with or they're a pain or obnoxious or irritating to us, but we love them. Right. And uh, yeah, if they needed help or they needed something, eh, absolutely. We'll give it, right? We, we'll give it. We'll go do it. And then sometimes how curmudgeonly we can all be with strangers. Yes. Or with, oh, now I've got to send you through the screening of worthiness or whether or not you're just worthy of being helped. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to dole out that help very, very, very little at a time. Yeah, I'll be yeah. parsimonious with it. Yeah. Yeah. So just an interesting paradox mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And so lots of times what we want to do when we are, again, maybe being a bit curmudgeonly is to think through, well, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to be the result of, it? is it worth my time to do this? Is it worth my money to do this? You know, there's a difference in doing something because we are guaranteed a certain result and doing something because there is a clear call to act, whatever that result might be. So I think, you know, one of the things we ask ourselves and, and that we would put forward to you all, uh, the listeners, is does the call to help others seem crystal clear to each of us? Or does it not? Or does it seem clear but maybe a little bit scary? We often uh, hide behind social walls that we put up to deflect our own individual responsibility or accountability that we might choose to have. We will come up with questions like, well, do they deserve it? We may even, at, at some of our worst inclinations, weigh in on each other 
is kind of a court judge, jury, and ugh, sometimes executioner. Right. And we kind of play God, you know? We, we play God with other people in a judgmental way, in a way that uh, I certainly, and probably you all too, pray with all our might that God never plays God with us. Uh, we often want to do things if we're going to get credit you know, we want to be noticed. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be honored and publicly recognized if we have gone to the trouble of helping. Now, what was that phrase? The trouble, trouble of, of helping? helping. Oh, my goodness. You know, so uh, I think what we're putting forward and again, talking to us as much as to you all, you know, helping can be like breathing and it should be. It's just a regular part of life itself. You know, Dave, to go back to the point you made so well about some people will help only when they feel like they'll receive some kind of credit for it. I've always had very deep respect for, you know, celebrities, people who are public figures, and they've done a lifetime of good works and then kind of at their death or late in their life, that's when it comes to light that they've done all of these things privately, secretly, never seeking credit. Yeah. Uh, pointedly avoiding avoiding credit, credit absolutely being embarrassed or feeling shamed by taking credit right yeah that's really a I good agree. measure of helpfulness I agree so how much do you suppose stress do we create for ourselves with a world where we don't really help each other we don't really support each other as a habit that is as a pattern of our action as something that we incorporate into our daily lives So much day-to-day worry, I think, would be eliminated if we truly believed that others would help us if we needed help. We would all get more done day-to-day and focus on moving all of us forward. Now, admittedly, there are a lot of people on this earth who routinely act and work every day selflessly helping others. You probably know some of those folks. Maybe you are one of those folks. That is key. These issues can be addressed by all of us, not just a select few. There are role models out there today who do this. And if all of the rest of us would just emulate them, we could get it done. Yeah, it seems to me, Lee, that uh, those are great points. And I think the, to me, your, your example that you gave of the celebrity who anonymously does help there is this comparison that I think is very human for us to do to kind of go, well, I have my own notion about helping and about how much I want to help, the degree to which I may need to get recognition or not. Well, what is everybody else doing? And there becomes this social pattern that gets created that we lots of times compare ourselves to and then make choices on the basis of that comparison as opposed to having a societal picture. Mm-hmm. That would just say we're we're a society that helps one another. Exactly. You know, and and maybe removing that unnecessary screening, which lots of times causes us to not to choose not to help because well nobody else is really doing it. I'm going to be losing something if I take time or money to go do something. Absolutely. Back to the trouble of helping. That's going to be a lot of trouble, and I might not get credit for it. Therefore, I will not act. Spending a lot of time here, kind of figuring out what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the failure to force a picture of help in the future that we move toward is allowing for short-sightedness. It's allowing fear and hopelessness and pessimism to rule the day far too often. 
and we really aren't here for all that long, really just for a blink of an eye, so we should make the most of it. And Lee, I think what we're describing too here fits into that question that we've raised before and that we will continue to raise in other, in other forums is related to uh, how do we view the world? Do we view it as abundant or scarce? How do we view life? How do we view love? Are they abundant or are they scarce? And one of the things that certainly can keep us from helping as much as we could or should is the notion of scarcity Mm -hmm. and feeling like, well, if I go do this, I am giving something up. If I take money out of my wallet, if I give somebody time that wasn't on my calendar, if I do any of those things, I have lost something. I I have less now. I have less. Right. And I'm diminished and that doesn't feel good, as opposed to understanding what and what we talked about earlier, what you've really done now is you're now living in another person. You've now added to your life because through the act of helping, you have now influenced and are participating in someone else's life in a way that you weren't. Yeah, absolutely. It's a multiplier effect. Right. Lee, one of the things that uh, you and I have talked about and that uh, I've certainly spent some time thinking about is the notion of to what degree do people help each other because they are good, you know, kind of a a judgment about someone's personhood. Right. You're a good Good person person because you help. And to what degree is helping a practiced act that we take? Hmm. And so, for example, Hmm. I go and do a helpful act, Mm -hmm. and that feels good to me. I get I either get a reaction from someone that I've helped or I just feel good inside. Okay, now do I want to go recreate that good feeling? I think I want to. Mm-hmm. I think I want to go do that again. I'm getting addicted to doing good things. I'm getting addicted. It's a practiced act. It's a practiced habit. And so I that to me is an important concept because I think sometimes People will go, well, I just can't go help more. I'm just not that good of a person. I'm not sure how much it has to do with being a good person. I think it may have a lot, lot more to do with practicing acts of goodness, getting the reaction of that, the enjoyment of that, and then wanting to go do it again. So what I hear you saying is that if you get in a habit of doing helpful things for others, it can also, and I, I'm reluctant to put this term on it, but it's almost becomes a selfish act, right? Yeah. It makes me yeah. feel so great. I want to continue to do it. That's a great kind of right? selfishness. So <laughs> helpfulness to reframe it. It's okay if it feels a little bit selfish. Yeah. Because the result is that someone else is benefiting from your quote selfishness. Well, and it, and if that act of, of kindness or, or help to someone else feels like, as we talked about before, oh, I've now had an impact on this person's life. I'm now living mm-hmm. in another person in a beautiful way. Oh, I want to go do another do act like, and do that with someone else right? and do that over and over. So I, I think that's an important thing. If, if anyone is listening to this and setting limits or boundaries on the degree to which they can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is another way to think about that yeah, a little bit. Rather than maybe using the term we've used forever, which is a selfless act. Right. Maybe it's a selfish act. Yeah. If that causes us to do more of it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Dave, let's examine another word or concept here that our listeners may think, what does this idea have to do with helpfulness? And it's the idea of being ambitious. 
So just as we kind of reframed a selfless act of kindness might also be a selfish act of kindness, and we talked about how that can be a good thing. Similarly, when we think about being ambitious, what do we usually think if we go, that person's a really ambitious person? What do we think oh, they're of them? in it? They're in it for them. Yeah, personal gain, right? Yeah. They all, want fame, all, fortune, yeah. authority, power, yep. whatever it might be. Yep. Well, what if we flip that on its head and thought, it's perfectly possible and desirable to be ambitious to do good and help others. Ah. All right. Ah. So being incredibly ambitious in your life, I think we would agree is a wonderful aspiration. Yes, absolutely. Right? But we frequently make the mistake of thinking that it automatically means being selfish, but it does not have to be that at all. Yeah, if I'm spending, again, time or money taking that away from me and giving it to someone else, then not only may I feel like I've lost something, but I'm working against my ambition. My yes. And Lee and I could describe and name all sorts of people, as I'm sure you can, who have you know, helped other people. Their life has been around helping other people. I think if you take a little closer look at each of those people, you will you will go, they were ambitious. They were crazy ambitious. They yes. were super ambitious. Yeah. Their ambition wasn't to attain wealth and fame and fortune. It was to do good. It was to help others. Yeah. So ambition and unselfishness are actually highly complementary. Yep. And they're both helpful to a happy and fulfilling life, right? Unselfish ambition is what? It's giving, it's cooperative, it's inclusive, it's collaborative. But selfish ambition, which is how we typically frame it, mm -hmm. really is about hoarding. It's about negatively competing with others, and it could be about being exclusive. So one of the other things Lee and I wanted to raise during this segment is around the notion of how much help do we give someone or how, how broadly do we help people? and in what situations. So let me give you an example of that. If you, at some point in time, have given someone who asked for money, five or ten dollars or more or less, or you have uh, fed people who were homeless, who, who didn't have a way to get a meal, or you have done something similar to that, what were you thinking at the time? And if it was a good idea to give that money to somebody in that circumstance or to give food to someone in that circumstance, why would we not want to do that to everyone that is in that circumstance and basically take that act of help that each of us gave individually and turn that into public policy? Mm -hmm. So we're not suggesting here that you reach into your own pocket right. and try to feed a million people. Right. But maybe at a policy level we can... And why do we, if there's something about that that sounds a little off or uh, uncomfortable or something you wouldn't want to do, hmm, maybe think about why. What is it that we are getting in the decision where we individually make it to give someone money that doesn't turn into something we want to have as a public policy? The answers could be, and again, for you all, any of you all, and for Lee and me, the answer could be, I kind of want to judge the situation. I'd like to pick and choose who gets the help. I want to see the person. I want to assess whether or not they are worthy. I might want the credit for the help. I may want to get the credit for it. So we're not going to answer all of that here. We want to leave you and us 
with a question, and it's a, it can be a disturbing question, and we would say it should be disturbing. It should be very challenging, very provocative. Think there are millions of people just living in the United States of America, let alone the rest of the world, who do acts of help every single day. Right. But those same people might be challenged to say, how can we incorporate this into governmental policy? Right, right, exactly. So let's ask, what kind of world do we want to live in? What makes you feel good? Why are you here? And again, the question that you should be accustomed to by now, if you're a regular listener of these podcasts, what is our picture? These are all just simple thoughts. They're simple questions. Are some of these your questions too? Well, here's a simple answer to what we think are simple questions. We can paint a picture and we can make a completely different set of choices starting tomorrow, starting yep. today, yep. starting in a heartbeat. Yep. All right. So we are now at the segment that we always look forward to in these podcasts where we talk to future generations. Audiences of the future, hello. Hello. Glad to have you here, whether it is... Uh, any of our descendants, whether it is aliens, whoever it may be, um, AI that is now part of our society, uh, welcome to all of you, and we appreciate you joining in the conversation with us. So, the questions we always ask and try to answer relative to this topic and the topic of, of this time being help, how did we, how do we expect that you all got your society to a different place, future generations, in terms of being a society of helping. Uh, we think probably at a young age, your children are taught and practiced in the art and actions of helping. Very interesting that it's that's not taught. I, that's not taught. Perhaps it's, by your parents or your family, yeah. but not not systematically. Yeah, or there's some maybe some rules in the classroom or something, but, the, but as a subject, it's not taught. We believe you all teach this and have it in your school, family, and social settings. So they recognize the good feeling that comes from helping others in the future, and it becomes habit to seek out that good feeling again and again. Man, we are envious of you in the future because Absolutely. you know how good it feels. Yep. Uh, you realize how they can personally benefit from helping others. There's life rewards, self-image rewards. And also they learn and understand that it's okay if they need help sometimes too. Always keeping in mind, help yeah. goes both directions. Both directions. And you keep, and, and it's very important here, we haven't talked as much about that. It is important uh, to be a good recipient of help from others. We all need it. We all have times of needing help. It's as important to develop that attribute as it is the attribute of being the helper. In terms of that, we think also the selfishness and the lack of helping others uh, now really stands out in your society more than ever. And it's not to, to get scowls from people when you don't help, but it is to have that positive social pressure of, hey, look, this is, this is what we're about. Mm -hmm. We don't leave someone behind. We don't leave someone unable to, to have a good life. And so there really now is a a constructive kind of positive stigma uh, that is used that goes with selfish, destructive behaviors and actions. The thing that you all have discovered too—it's not rocket science. We've we've know it here that those patterns of consistently helping others that get established in childhood are much more likely than to carry on into adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. So future 
uh, as we sit here in the 21st century, here's what we suspect that you had to overcome to get to your good place. Uh, competitiveness, all kinds of competitiveness and the selfishness that goes around that, whether it be about wealth, means, power, privilege, etc. You had to overcome the frequent norm of only helping others when you think you're going to get recognized for it, when you think you're going to get some kind of credit for it. We think you overcame the, frankly, irrational fear that you lose something if you help someone. By giving help, I automatically am losing something. Well, that never made much sense. And and here's the cringeworthy question that we always we always end up with at the end of, of this segment, which is, okay, we're at a different place here in the future. Why was this so hard from your end? Why weren't you able to do it sooner? And I think we would say that our society doesn't have a real comprehensive appreciation for the art and practice of helping others. And I think also a, a real hindrance is that the only times that our society seems to have a consistent appreciation for it is if the helper gets publicly recognized, mm-hmm. and that's often for monetary contributions. Mm-hmm. Frequently, the recognition uh, that, that our society gives for helping really candidly gets squandered on wealthy people who have obscene amounts of money, obscene amounts of wealth, and who overall really are pretty miserly with letting go of it. Yes. And so one of the things that we think you all did is you really rethought that word philanthropy and really have now a different definition what true philanthropy really is or really should be. Yeah. And Dave, one thing that's always really driven me crazy about that, the uber wealthy who are recognized for, oh, they cut a check for $10 million for a good cause. Well, you appreciate that and you're grateful for that. But I also, there's always a subtext of, was that a tax break for them? And it was really not given in terms of a spirit of helpfulness. It was given for a completely different reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the future they've overcome that. Yeah. Or you're worth 150 million and you gave 10. Right. Okay. So what about the other 140 million? Yeah. You got a lot left. Are you, are you hoarding that? Are you keeping that or what have you? So we think you in the future have gotten all of that, thankfully to a very different place. So we hope we've stimulated your imagination again today. We very deliberately threw some provocative questions out there for you. We would say, hey, next time that you're in a position where you may give help or receive help, think about it in some of the ways we've discussed today. And we're leaving with the same set of questions and thoughts. Uh, You never stop asking the question of yourself about how can I be more helpful? How can I help more? What is help? How can I do better? Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Thank you for joining our podcast today. For more information about Pictures Out There products, services, and communities, or to contact us, please visit us at picturesoutthere.com or reach out to us on Twitter at the handle at PicsOutThere. You can also find us on Facebook. Please join us for our next podcast. We hope you have the day of your dreams.